Welcome back to the Yet We Thrive podcast. This is episode 143, and today we have a special guest, Tony Jackson Lawrence, on with us to share her story. So thanks for joining us today, Tony. Um, but before we dive in, what is something that's frustrating you and something that is bringing you joy? Tony, would you like to go first? Um, something that's frustrating me is the weather. <laughs> I feel that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's really frustrating going back and forth from hot to cold because uh-huh. I can't figure it out. Right. right. Um, but something that's bringing me joy is being really into um, my faith and mm. being in a lot of experiences where I have to rely on my faith right mm. now. So that's yes. bringing me a lot of joy. That's Good. awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm frustrated because I hurt my shoulder. I don't know what I, d- I don't even know what I did. I just get this since I became a mom, I get this knot in my right shoulder and it just will like tense up and sometimes it'll give me a headache but a lot of times I can like massage it out whatever every now and then like once every couple of years it will seize up so badly that like it goes into my neck and down to my elbow and I can't like turn my head without it hurting or and and then it's like that for like a week and a half two weeks and it's just miserable and going to the chiropractor like doesn't really help because it's my muscles it's not my spine so usually they'll do like cupping or something and that helps but it's not like yeah you know I just like kind of wait it out I guess so I'm like on the tail end of that right now and that's annoying because it's hard for me to do anything Mm -hmm. that's frustrating but what's bringing me joy is it was so bad last week I couldn't like there's very little that I could do and I was talking to my friend Anna who is also my hair girl and we were just chatting and I was like oh I really want to wash my hair tonight but I can't dry it with my shoulder (laughs) and if I don't dry it it's gonna be like I mean I'm a curly girl so it's like if I can't dry it at just the right time for just the right amount of time it's useless it's useless (laughs) and then I have bad hair for a week and so she was like I have a little sliver tomorrow. Just come in and I'm going to wash it and dry it and style it for you. And I was like, you would do that for me? (laughs) She's like, of course, it's not a big deal. I was like, you have no idea. (laughs) It's a very big deal. (laughs) So I did. I went to her the next day and she did my hair for me. And it was just such, it just, it like just, it seemed small to her, but it was huge to me. And I just like kept telling, everybody's like, your hair looks great. I'm like, let me tell you about it. It's bringing me so much joy. So now my hair is curly because I was able to do it, do it the right way yeah. as of a couple of days ago. But she was like, if it's still bothering you next week, just come in again and we'll just do it again. And I was That's like, That's awesome. I feel so loved and taken care of. <laughs> so much joy. My frustration is. My yard looks terrible because we did not have time to do like the last mow of the season, mm-hmm. you know, so it's roll. It's rough. Yeah, I feel it's that. rough. I feel that. I have fingers crossed mid-November here this weekend. Maybe we'll get that done. But my joy is, I don't know if you guys um, know of the Joanna Bosford uh, coloring books. Mm-mm. They're the ones I feel like it really spurred the like secret yes, garden. Yes, I know what and, you're talking about. Yes. And it spurred kind of the adult coloring book craze, right? Uh-huh. Okay. I found this is like it makes me so happy. I found her Christmas one. Oh fun. At half price books. Yes. Completely like blank. No one had colored in it. It gets better. It gets better. 
in the clearance section Stop. for $3. That's what? so much. That's a lot of joy right there. I love that's it. Awesome. So much joy. So I have been working through that and it, it's making me so I happy. I love it. That's <laughs> so fun. That's awesome. What a good, what a good little joy, little that's glimmer. Awesome. Um, something that's frustrating. I, I don't like the sick season, the cold no. season. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't like it. <laughs> There's no way other way to say it. So it used to bring me a lot of anxiety, but yeah, I feel like I've, I've worked yep. through that. Me too. And now that my kids are older, I feel like they can communicate like my throat hurts. Whereas before they're little, they're just crying or they don't tell you right. when they're about yeah. to puke or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, so. I literally would just had that conversation with Reagan Did yesterday. You? Yeah. Like, well, now you can communicate it. Yes. So it's just not as anxiety filled for me but it's still like not great it's still not great so um so that's frustrating Mm -hmm. and something that's bringing me joy I feel like I don't know has ever brought me joy before in the seasons but like the the season that we're in of just like being inside Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like bringing me some joy (laughs) like I love it just being home (laughs) and like the puzzles Uh and the movies and the coziness and I'm like where was I all these years? <laughs> like, <laughs> Girl, I feel that. You know, it's just in the last it. two Absolutely. years that I've been embracing it and yes. stuff. Yes. But I think it's because the anxiety has lowered ah. and then I've been able to like embrace that it's cozy instead of okay. it's just six season. I think that's mm-hmm. it. I think that's it. Yes. And you kind of use it as a time to like reset. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've Absolutely. always taken advantage of that. Yes. <laughs> good for that's you, Tony. Good. You yes. can learn from that. I know. Mm, so and good. so... That's bringing me joy, I feel like, for the first time. So Yay. I'm enjoying that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Like we said, today we have Tony on with us to share her story of secondary infertility. We're so honored that you would share with us, Tony. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I am a homeschool mom. I've been a homeschool mom for about 22, 23 years. That's amazing. Get um, it, girl. <laughs> I'm so inspired. <laughs> I am a veteran. I was in the Army for eight years. Um, That's actually what spurred my infertility, actually, having a baby in the Army. Okay. So um, I'm a single mom now and navigating that. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of Mm -hmm. different – I have an adult child and I have a four-year-old. I have a grandchild and a step-grandchild that's the same age as my – so I have a lot of different things going Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot. That yeah. is a lot. Yeah. You make it look good. <laughs> you don't see me in the morning when I wake up. Right. You're right. I see you in the lovely afternoon sunshine <laughs> when we've had our coffee yes. and <laughs> the kids are roaming free. <laughs> yes. Oh, where does your story begin? So my story of infertility starts, I want to say, as growing up, all I wanted to do was be a mom and a teacher. That's it. That's I didn't want anything else. So... Um, the way I joined the army is my mom signed me up. I had the recruiters come and I was like, tell them, no, they keep bugging me. Right. And she takes the papers upstairs to my dad and they come down and like, you're in the army. And I'm like, no way. (laughs) That's wild. (laughs) And I'm thinking that wasn't the plan. I I literally did not sign up for this. (laughs) I literally tried to not sign up for this. How old were you? 17. That's why they had to sign. Oh my, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they signed them. So, I mean, I graduated in June, right? I left in August, August 1st. So, I didn't even have, like, you know how you graduate and you're like, yeah. I'm free. I was, like, packing for the Army and trying to figure this out. So, then 
I get to the army and I'm in basic training and I'm like the worst soldier <laughs> ever. For one, I overpacked, right? So you think you're going for two months and I have all these bags and my recruiter never was like, girl, leave some of that stuff. Right. So, <laughs> so when you get there, you have shakedown where you have to dump all this stuff out. Oh, no. So not only did no. I dump all this stuff out, I had to pee. Oh. And you're not allowed to ask to go to the bathroom. Oh, no. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I raised my hand. I'm like... I got to pee. And they were like, do you want to go home for having to pee? I was like, that wouldn't be bad because I got to go right, right now. now. So everybody had to pick up all my stuff because everybody's still getting yelled at and I'm in the bathroom. So oh my, my first phone call to my mom was like, I got, you got to get me out of here. Like, yeah, my, they wouldn't let me go to the bathroom. sign me up for? You signed me in. Come sign me out. <laughs> and she's like, no, you got to stay. And so they give you this wish list and... It says, where do you want to go and where do you not want to go? And I was like, I want to go anywhere hot and nowhere cold. So <laughs> all of my, so my first duty station was um, Fort Irwin, California in the middle of the desert. Like this is my oh. story of faith because everything I've ever asked for, it came to me in some kind of way. Wow. But not now. So I didn't want to be anywhere cold, but I'm in the middle of the desert. Like it's 120 <laughs> degrees no. desert. No. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's where I met my first son's dad. Uh -huh. And I mean, he was my friend, but I'd be like, that's my husband. Like, that's who I'm, that's, that's my husband. So I kept praying for him to be, you know, be in a relationship with him or whatever. And we ended up getting together and I got pregnant the first time and I'm overjoyed. Like, this is part of my goal. Uh -huh. And um, I call home. To tell my mom, and she, my mom's very traditional. So I call her, and she's not happy. And I was like, okay, I don't have her support. And I call my grandma, like, you know, mom's giving me a hard time. She, she got it together. Like, she got what my mom, like, everybody did it. You got kids, whatever. So we move forward, and we're planning the wedding and all that, but it's a toxic relationship because you're young. I was like 19, and I was like, I'm a, this is, I, my traditional values was like, this is going to be, I'm a wife and I'm all this. And he was still like, um, we're going to party. I mean, I'm going to party. You don't want to go. So I um, was in that relationship and I was doing everything by myself. So I was walking to work and all this. And I worked at the hospital where I had my baby. And when I went in labor, they were like, they had these pills called second all and they put you to sleep. But they give them. They were giving them to pregnant women on night shift because night shift didn't want to deliver. So they would give you these pills, oh and you would wake up in the middle of labor. And they got in a lot of trouble for this. But you'll wake up during labor and try to push the baby out because your reflex is to push, right? Because you're mm -hmm. sleepy. And so something said, "Stop doing this and go back to the hospital." So I get there. So they, I go in and I'm having labor, and they they say, "Go back home, and if you're feeling better, go to work." But they knew I was in labor. And um, so I had a friend come over because, remember, I don't have a car. He has the car. And we get back there, and they're, like, giving me a hard time because I came back in, and they didn't want to deliver that night. So when I – he's in the field, so we're not married. So if you're not married in the military, they can't pull them out of the field. So we're fighting back and forth because I work at the hospital, so the command is saying she needs him here and she won't push because I wouldn't push. I wanted him to see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so they finally give in and let him come and I'm holding the baby in. Well, I'm young and dumb and don't know that I'm not supposed to be doing this. Right. 
Um, so he gets there and he can't take it. So he leaves. So now I have to get the baby out at this point. And the doctors are mad at me because I've waited, wasted all this time, never saying, you know, this is a bad situation. You can't do it. They weren't explaining to right. me what mm-hmm. I was doing. So by the time I pushed, Jelani is my oldest son. When I started pushing, um, I pushed out a foot. So then they manually pushed oh him gosh. back in and turned oh. him around. Oh, my god! So that's the first delivery of Jelani. So then I go to push again, and he's caught on my hip. Oh. So they use the forceps oh. to try to nudge him out. When I get him out that time, the umbilical cord's around his neck, so they push him back in. <gasps> what? Yes. I wish everybody could see our faces <laughs> right now. Oh, my god! And so then... They do an episiotomy, but not, you know, like the little slit. They uh-huh. slit from, uh-uh. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, no. Okay. No, say it. Okay. We're, yeah. we're, just, so they, we're just feeling it for you. They split all the way. So I had this huge, oh like gosh. from hole to hole. Oh, That's no. Awful. And then they get him out. And then I, they're like, get up and walk. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, I forgot this part. They didn't have stirrups. So my legs were sore because the nurses were pushing back on my legs huh. to try to help. They didn't have any stirrups in there. And then they did all these positions like a bar. He's still not coming out. You know, all oh fours. So I get up and try to go to the bathroom. I'm like, something's not right because this is this is bad. And the more I stayed, the sore more sore I got. That was my beginning of infertility because I had infection. (gasps) And my mom came. uh, He was a week early. My mom came, and I still couldn't walk, and she called the doctor. The doctor said, and this is a military doctor. She said, oh, she's just not used to having kids. And my mom's like, it's a week later. She still can't walk. Well, all of that got infected, and it was all of Oh, Tony. Yes. And it caused scarring and all of that. And I didn't get Rogam, not knowing that, you know, you're a negative blood type. So I go through life, and I'm not, I'm broke up with his dad or whatever. So I'm not in a relationship. I'm not thinking about kids. It's when I got married is when I realized, hmm, Mm. we're not getting pregnant. It's a year in. It's two years in. It's five years in, and we have had nothing. That's when I started going. And I was actually, to be quite honest, I thought it was him. Like, I got a kid. So what's wrong? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with you? And then when we found out it wasn't him, that's when I found out how much damage was done. Wow. And I, well, I have to take it back a little bit because I had to have corrective surgery from the episiotomy because I couldn't go to the bathroom after so many years because you had cut out muscle. Now, how you take anything out, I don't know. But I didn't have any muscle to go. And it took years for it to be like, right. you can't go to the bathroom. And that's when we found out how much damage was done from that. Oh, my gosh. That's <sighs> wild. Wild. Did you have any pain in the years following? Oh, yes. But, okay, so I was still stationed. And so I was still seeing that same doctor who delivered him. And she was the head of OB, by the way. She's the head of OB. And then I got stationed in Hawaii. My first pap, the doctor was like, <gasps> like what happened what is going on? but they kept telling me it was fine and then she was like I want you to go home and I want you to look and when I actually looked it was like uh like something I had never seen but you don't yeah. just right, right why yeah there's no <laughs> let me check yeah. this out let yeah. me see when I saw it for myself yeah I literally was like devastated because not only right. had she did it she had been my OB after and when I'm complaining she's telling me it was just me 
Oh my god! So that's when I had the emergency surgery because everything was it was it was horrible. It was devastating for somebody to do that to you. Oh, absolutely. And not admit it. Absolutely. And so then I started having pains and all this and and it had gotten so bad at one but god kept telling me you're having more kids no matter what anybody Mm -hmm. was saying i was having more kids Mm -hmm. and um we had gotten out and we when we got here i had gotten really sick and they were like the only way to get you out of it when you ask about pain the only way to get you out of pain is for you to have a hysterectomy and i mean my whole family's in there and i was in so much pain i was like i can't have a hysterectomy god said i was having more kids and they were like she's delusional and this was probably, we had been married maybe eight or nine years by then. Wow. And they're like, it didn't happen. You're in pain. I was like, no, God said I'm, I'm having more kids. Yeah. And so um, I went to have, like, to get some of the scar tissue just removed. And my doctor, for some reason, I felt super comfortable with him. And he was like, I'm going to, you know, help you be out of pain without giving you a hysterectomy. I kept praying for a doctor that would understand and just let me be if I could deal with this. And I was like, if I go through menopause, that meant I probably. But I was looking at other avenues, too. I was looking at um, I was looking at in vitro, like bypass all that. Mm-hmm. And, let's, and we actually made save the money and went to a fertility doctor. And I and I my husband was like, if we can't do it naturally, I don't. I don't want to do it. And then he had came to this realization, like, okay, I'll let you do it. I got to the office, and something said, this ain't it. This ain't your story. You can't, this is not your, st- this is not it. And my husband was so upset because oh. he had broke his boundary to do something I want. Mm. And we fought for, you know, he was supposed to be, like, the best. Um, I'll tell you who it was. You know that doctor who was on that has the special? No. I kid you not. It was him. <gasps> Oh, Jesus was like, don't gosh. do this. Wow. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> it was him. There's a, there was a fertility doctor in the Indianapolis area yes. who was dumping other people's sperm and using his own and impregnating these mm-hmm. women under. Sick. So mm-hmm. yeah. gross. And there, I mean, there's like, I forget how many. It was, hundreds. It was a lot. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. So many. So now every time my siblings and I walk around Indianapolis, we're like, oh, you look uh-huh. like you could be right. a product of <laughs> this man. No, people don't know this. He was a Caucasian man. I'm a brown girl. So, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. You're like, there would have been brain. some suspicious. It would have been <laughs> yeah. something. I had some explaining to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But I didn't know at the time that, but yeah. I was sitting in that and I was so scared to tell my husband yeah. That it was just feeling he, I'm going through a divorce right now. So my husband didn't understand my faith. He didn't mm-hmm. understand how I would have faith, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to explain it. I still don't. It's just yeah. that feeling you're getting like, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, after that, and I had my surgeries and stuff, I got pregnant one time, and I was having a miscarriage, and I was like mad, at, like God, why would you make me wait this long? Right. Yep. I had my first miscarriage. Our house had flooded completely. My husband was um, training to go. He So he wasn't here. He wasn't in Indiana. He was somewhere. I think he was in North Carolina training to go to Afghanistan. And our house flooded from sewage water. Oh, oh no. That means you have to move out. Yeah. Yeah. That means your house is getting tearing apart. Right. And... I have to back up a little bit because my mom had just died. So I was going through this. Oh, my gosh, Tony. I was going through this depression like I had never felt before. Like mm-hmm. it was, and it wasn't that you knew you were depressed. You just were tired. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
I was in it for a long time, it felt like, like about a year. Like I was operating, but I didn't remember anything mm-hmm. that was going on. Yeah. I was just in autopilot. So when the house, the day the house flooded, maybe the day before, I was like, I got to get out of this. I got to clean the house. I got to do, like my house looked like a haunted house to me because I was just living. Mm-hmm. And so I'm cleaning and I remember I had this mastiff, and she kept looking at me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm up. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of bed. Yeah. And she would go to the kitchen, and she would look. Well, when I went to look at what she was looking at, there was water pouring through the kitchen. And I go upstairs, and it's flooding down the steps. And I'm like, oh, so I guess you don't want me to clean. But let me tell you. I had, my friends had had floods and fires, and they got their house redone, and I remember kept saying, I want something to happen. I need a reset. God, please reset this house. That was my reset. I got all new. I didn't have to clean all this crap that I was living, cobwebs. Mm -hmm. It all got redone, and so I stayed in that space. And we were living in a hotel, and I kept, I didn't know I was, I wasn't in pain. I just was bleeding and bleeding, and I bled for like, 14 days, and I was like, I might need to go get this checked out. Oh. And I went, and they were like, yeah, you're pregnant. Wait a minute. This oh. is, you're having a miscarriage. So I got told in the same time, Oh my yeah, gosh. you're pregnant. Oh. oh, my gosh. But it's not going to lie. And my husband oh. wasn't there. And so I was like, at first I was thinking, okay, why is God doing this to me? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't let him do anything then. I wouldn't get in DNC. I'm like, no. I would not be pregnant if I was not having, this is not how this works. So I made them send me to a specialist and they were like, no, it's not, it's not viable. Your account's going down. So I battled with that, but guess what? I never got the rogam. My husband was positive and I was a negative blood type. So I never, if I wouldn't have had that miscarriage that was not painful, that I was just, and then I accepted that. I was like, okay. So I never would have known what's, because nobody, I had been to five different fertility doctors in different states, and nobody said, have you ever gotten the shot? So what they realized is I probably was having miscarriages throughout and never knew it, because I had painful periods, I had long periods. This one was just excessively long. Oh, my gosh. So nobody ever, and I was a pharmacy tech, and in the Army, a pharmacy tech is not like a civilian pharmacy tech. We have to basically act like a pharmacist Uh and then they check it somebody checks it but I would have told anybody else that I just didn't think about it for me because why I have specialists checking these things so I got the shot and my husband came home to visit and I got pregnant and he was on the plane as soon as he landed in Afghanistan I'm like I'm pregnant and he's like what so he missed the entire pregnancy oh oh my god <laughs> he actually surprised me and came home um about a month early mm-hmm. and he came home on the friday we had a baby shower on saturday i had the baby on monday oh my gosh wow. what mm-hmm. that's wild wow mm-hmm. and then in between there i had another miscarriage and then i had josiah and then i got pregnant with journey rose and my doctor was like i don't know i didn't do anything special for you to get pregnant i don't know why you keep it and when i was having these babies i would have an ileus which is when your insides are paralyzed and i would be in the hospital with jackson for two weeks with josiah three weeks and with journey rose it ended up being a month so by me doing it twice they were like okay you're 41 yeah 41 
you're paralyzed every time. And we don't know if this time you'll come out of it. So all these things are in my head, but God kept saying, no, you, this is what I need you to do. I want you to have this baby. I didn't know it was going to be my girl because I had three boys, Uh but that was the happy surprise, right? Because, but I kept listening to the voice in my head saying, it doesn't matter what anybody else wants. This is what I want. This was Mm. my plan. So that's my story of infertility. (laughs) So how long were you guys married? Wow. When you said it was like nine years went by, nine and a half to so. your um to my first miscarriage, I think. Okay, known miscarriage because they when right. they figured it out, right. I probably was having miscarriages all the time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wow! Was he mm-hmm. gone for most of? Everybody said every time he came back, I got pregnant. That's how much he was gone. Okay. So there probably wasn't a lot of active communication, or or was there? Yeah, there was a lot of communication. Okay. A lot. What did that look like? About? Just about, like, what's going on and you miscarrying or not being able to get pregnant. Was there any? There's a whole, that's a whole different Mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, so he couldn't empathize with, that was all my. What you were going through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, That was not part of his. His even his family was not. I remember he told me his sister didn't have any kids, and he was like, when I was really struggling with the mm-hmm. infertility, he said, "Call my sister; she can talk to you about it." And I'm thinking we're gonna have this, you know, heartfelt. And she lit into me because I already had a kid, and why am I? She has uh, no kids, and what uh, am I? So that was a whole different. Uh, God had to work so on my hard. heart about that yeah. because I was like, mm-hmm. "Am I being selfish?" What? Yeah. And he was like, "No." This is your journey, and you're going to tell about it, and you're going to be able to tell other people. Thank goodness for Jesus and just being that support for you when Mm -hmm. you needed him most. Oh, oh, I can – I mean, how did my goofy, clumsy self get through basic training (laughs) if it wasn't for Jesus? Because I was the worst. (laughs) That's my favorite line so far. I was the worst soldier. (laughs) That's the best best line we've ever had on this podcast ever is I was the worst soldier. (laughs) I I will admit it. I I was very – this is why my first soldier – one, my very first soldier, his whole family had HIV, and I had, this is who they gave me. Mm. My first supervisor was an alcoholic and made me do everything. So I could run that pharmacy back and forth. She thought it was a punishment. Mm-hmm. It was my number one thing because nobody could tell me I didn't know my job. You can tell me I know how to be a soldier all day because I didn't. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so you knew how to run that pharmacy. I knew what I knew. I knew what I knew. Wow. And... People above them could see it. Like, I was at E4. I was on the quality control team. Like, mm-hmm. I was the one that said, you made a mistake and this is how you fix it. I, w- I mean, yeah. God had me. He always had mm-hmm. me cradled where I, I wouldn't live the life I had, had. My mom knew what she was doing. I wouldn't have this life right now if yeah. I hadn't been in the military. Right. When they, If I would have got broken as far as all of that happening, I wouldn't be where I am now I would just have yeah. to deal with it right mm-hmm. good word did you do you feel like you had a good community around you when everything was happening God always put people in place that would lift me up mm-hmm. maybe temporarily and he would always like like my doctor was 
got his became a doctor the year I was born. So he had like experience, right? And when he looks at you and says, "I don't know how you've, you're getting pregnant," mm-hmm. that lets me know it's not of him. Mm-hmm. It was everything was being validated. So my support system mainly was my faith, mm-hmm. and God just held me mm-hmm. through all of it. Tony's yeah. bringing us to church this morning, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it mm. because it's un, it's not of anybody's understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How old are your kids now? 26, 10, uh, 7, and 4. Okay. 16 years. That's a very long that's how, period. That's how the difference of age of me and my sister were 16 years apart. Are you the oldest? or I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. How did you feel when your mom got pregnant? Because I want to tell you how Jay felt. Um, I <laughs> think, That's a good question. Yeah, I think yeah. as a girl, I was excited. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I was I was excited. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a different role that I serve that to her than I think if we were, like, closer in age. I'm, mm-hmm. like, her second mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was toting her around in a car seat at 17 years Mm -hmm. old driving around, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I think there's like this maternal instinct or maternal relationship that I have with her and, but she receives it well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just different, but I don't think I'd have it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so first of all, my brothers are six and a half years. So it's, sorry. It's six and a half years from my middle brother, then six and a half years from him. So, okay. and my mom changed a lot when, when we were between, we all know a different side of my mom. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, by the time my youngest brother was born, my mom was a drug addict. When mm-hmm. I was younger, she was Betty Crocker. Mm-hmm. And my dad would, my dad was a Marine also, and he would use, um, actually fight her for the house being too clean. Like he said, mm-hmm. I didn't want to live in a museum. So I was groomed to be a mom a long time. Mm-hmm. And when my mom passed, well, I got custody of my 15-year-old brother when I was 22. So when I had Jay, I had a 15-year-old too. Wow. wow. So Jay was not happy about me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. I mean, he was. I was pregnant, and one day I probably was like six months pregnant. I was like, so how do you feel thinking it was going to be like, oh, I'm so, he was like, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I've got lots of words. <laughs> <laughs> I am I like being an only child and then 18 I had Josiah the seven-year-old and 21 when he was back graduating basic training because he's in the air force mm-hmm. I was like I'm pregnant again he's like what are you doing with your life right <laughs> like, what are you doing <laughs> oh my goodness does that feel ironic to you that your brother's 15 and then you have a baby and then when your son is 16 you have a baby so I see it like this. My mom was very verbal about her dreams, right? So her, me going in the army was her dream. Me having, it, it, it was like, so not ironic. It's just like I see it through a lens of what she would have. These are the things that, this is the way she wanted to work out. Not that I'm, I used to think I'm living her life, mm-hmm. but the right way. Now I think I was groomed because I see what she went through to try to achieve this and how she was deflated. And I never would let anybody deflate it. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I want. Oh, I want to be a pharmacist. Okay, I'll go to pre-med. Don't like that. I'll do something else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, and when it is your fertility, like, unfortunately, it is something we have to fight for. 
so often. There's so many people that want to invalidate and, oh, well, I know better than you. And it's your body at the end of the day. But here's the bad part, the hard part for me. She was my only cheerleader. And she died yeah. in the thick of it. Yeah. Like, she had passed away before the first miscarriage. So I didn't really have anybody that was like, you right. keep going. Right. I, she believed, I've always had this faith and didn't know what it was. So she would, she would cradle it. Even in the height of her addiction, she knew, like she, it, it sounds bad, but she knew I could do a better job with her son. Then. Yeah. And she would call me to discipline them when I was younger too, because I was the one who always wanted to be a mom. Uh-huh. And it wasn't that she didn't want to be a mom. She was just so defeated. That she couldn't be the mom she wanted to be. Right. I feel like we could just have like 16 different podcast episodes right here. Just (laughs) from this one conversation. Yes. (laughs) What would you say to anybody walking a similar journey? I would say sit and really listen to the reasons why you keep going. If it's just to have a baby, there's other avenues. If you, you have to explore what you want. Do you really want to carry a baby? Do you just want to have a baby? What? It's, it, sit by yourself and don't let anybody tell you what the experience you want to have. Like for me, I wanted to carry a baby. I wanted to feel it all. Mm-hmm. And because I had so many struggles with Jelani, I thought this was going to be, and I wanted somebody to be happy. I was in that room by myself. I had the baby early. My family was in Cincinnati. So I had to have a baby alone. Guess what? All three of them I had to have by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, oh, Josiah, his dad, my husband couldn't get there, so... Jay was in there. He got to see a baby being born by mm. C-section. Wow. So it's a di- you have to feel what you what the experience is you want to have. Because if it's just I want to raise and I want to give my love to you can do surrogacy. You can adopt. You can foster. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be what everybody tells you it has to be. Mm-hmm. And I was open to all of it. I was yeah. open to whatever God said do. I think that's the first time we've gotten that word. Yeah, that's a, like, uh-huh. I always love, that's one of my favorite yes. questions that we ask is yeah. what would you say? Uh-huh. Because it's always just a different side of, you know, whatever. But a lot of times it is similar, which I love because uh-huh. then it's like, sometimes you just need to, you really need to hear it. And the more voices you hear it from, the more true it rings right. for you. Right. But I also love when we get something that's just totally different that we yeah. haven't heard before. Because I think everyone needs to hear it hear it. Like, yeah, absolutely. If it's the same answer every time, you know. Yeah. But I think people can take so many people can take away from that and yeah yeah absolutely so yeah. good tony thank you so much for joining us today um, we're, it's just never lost on us the power of a person's story so thank you so much for sharing yours you're welcome. Yes. i'm so it. grateful you're it. here yeah. yes absolutely our thrive tip this month is make space for traditions so that means you're taking time to evaluate what your traditions are right now and what traditions you want to add maybe to your calendar your family we hope that you will hold your traditions with open hands and share with us what you added or what you scratched and why we want to hear shoot us an email at hello at yet we thrive or hit us up on instagram at yet we thrive we'll see you next time